Welcome everybody to the Bakery Bears radio show. My name's Dan. And my name's Kay. That was very jolly from Dan, wasn't it? I think I've been possessed by CBeebies. CBeebies? Yeah, we just caught a little bit of Justin's hex. We just put the telly on and Justin's <laughs> Justin's house was on. And the, oh, gosh. the actor who plays Robert the Robot has changed. But very dramatic. It is very dramatic. But the thing is, though, you know, he's he's a classic who they've cast in the role, Chris Jarvis. He's Chris Jarvis. We love Chris Jarvis. Now, Chris Jarvis back in used the day, to do back in the day when, when, Brian, was when little. Brian was little. Chris Jarvis was one Our of the daughter. presenters of CBBS. It was Chris and Poi. Yeah. And they were fantastic. Just brilliant, the brilliant. Time has come uh, just, to say Just brilliant, don't. brilliant presenters. And then um, what, what was the one about cleaning your teeth as well? That was cool. Oh, I don't know. There was one about cleaning your teeth at bedtime. I mean, uh, they, do your bedtime business. Yes. That one. Yes. Do you know, this was back in the day when they did really good songs, and I don't know these days. Not that we sit and watch CBBS, obviously. We He's a great musician, though, Chris Jarvis. Catch bits of it sometimes. Chris Jarvis is a great musician, is he? and you have to wonder if he had involvement in the writing of those songs. Right. Because Maybe it changed so. when he stopped. Yeah, they're absolutely rubbish these days. Absolutely rubbish. Um, anyway. So, yes, he's back as Rock. Well, no, yeah, he's back on CBB. He's helping out, I think, while the other actors early is what the thing says. Is that right? So, the other actor's going to come back to it? I don't know, but Bryony looked it up. Right. <laughs> you can see there's been. Much drama here yeah. this morning. She does like to keep a finger on the pulse of CBBS. So we are here today, and it's funny actually because what sort of empowered, inspired, if you like, uh, this episode is we were watching Kay's telling me I've reached the age where hats are important. It's sunny out. I was you, just telling correct. Dad to put his face. Dad, listen, listen to that. It's she doesn't call me that. Oh, it's because it's been school holidays, you know, and. I refer to Dan as Dad, you know, when Brian is in the house, obviously. I don't say Dan, although I do sometimes say Dan to Brian, and she's like, who? Hmm? <laughs> yeah, if only she said who. Hmm? Yeah, she, yeah, that's right. She does a teenage thing. Yes, uh, we went to see the Barbie movie, and in the course of the Barbie movie, it made a reference to the original series of Pride and Prejudice, the one with... Colin Firth. And... Jennifer Ely. Right. And... I'm obviously fully aware of this series. I haven't actually ever seen it. We're going to rectify that. I've only seen like little bits of it. And I always thought, I didn't realise that it was an all-women thing. And the fact that that series was referenced in Barbie says lots and lots of women see that series of Pride and Prejudice as a classic. What do you mean by the all-women thing? I don't know what you mean. In Barbie, yeah. there was a reference, and they even showed it on the screen, uh-huh. of that. The, 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 the woman from... The, the, the woman that Eli Gold fell in love with in... Yes. The Good Wife. She's one of the main characters in Barbie. She does that song, doesn't she, all about... Oh, no, it's, it's a speech, isn't it? And in the course of the speech, she says, you know, sometimes I just want to sit down and watch... Pride and Prejudice. Right. So she makes a direct reference. For it to have made it into that film, mm. it must be special to lots and lots and lots of women. Yes, I'd, I'd, I would say that it's more of a, a, a thing that ladies would watch. Yes. Well, I'm not saying it's just for ladies, but I, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is 
in that moment, it dawned on me, it wasn't just you that it was special to. Oh, right, okay. It was special to a whole host right. of, of ladies. Right. And that made me wonder, what's the deal mm. with Pride and Prejudice? Mm. So in today's episode, we're going to, we got there in the end, uh, we're going to delve deeply into Pride and Prejudice, find out what the score is, find out why it's so good, mm -hmm. and see if by the end of the episode I want to watch it. Yes. So let's get, <laughs> so let's get going. It's locked. So we're striding out on a late summer day. Yes, that's, that sounded like it was late in the day. Late in the season, summer day. No, I knew what you meant. Oh, that's good. It is a late summer's day. There you go. There you I go. should have added the S. Yeah. And there is, it's wonderful. There really is a coolness. There is definitely the a little air. coolness in the air. When I was out the other day. Still sunny. There was even a mist. Was there? There was. And it was because, I suppose it's the reason why all mists happen on a autumn morning mm. because the night's been cold there's still a, an amount of warmth mm. in the air mm. and and i think i even referenced you that morning or mm. soon there'll even be mists i was thinking oh, it'll probably be another two three maybe even four weeks mm. but no it was that morning i was thrilled and it's really been the most interesting of summers i think weather-wise yeah it has really unusual for you know in comparison to the summers we've been having of late yeah much more what we remember as, as kids. I'm sure it won't last, but you know, we've enjoyed well, it whilst it's been here. Do you mean last in the sense of next year's going to be roasting? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, we will just have to remember this summer. Hopefully this summer will keep us going for yeah. a summer or two. But what's making me laugh is, and I do think it's just so like, and it happens every year because people know uh, newspapers know they'll get clicks and it's always the rubbishy the, the, the rubbishy sort of tabloid ones yeah. I keep seeing in uh, news headlines it's normally papers like the Daily Express revealed the moment the, the sweltering heat will arrive oh really no uh. they're saying it it's a bit like how in the winter you always get those those reports Oh, such and such a accu weather. Yeah. You know, something you've never heard of says it's going to snow six yeah. foot and yeah. it's going to be amazing. And everyone clicks on it because they want it to snow at Christmas. Yeah. And similarly in the summer, I think people, most people, not us, <laughs> want it to be warm. So if they're like saying, but yeah, according to these rubbishy tabloids, but it's not even that hot what they were saying. 10 days of 26 degrees. What, they're saying that's still going to happen? Not on the Met Office. Oh, not right. on any sort of respectable weather. I'd be surprised, but... So would I. You know, this time of year, we can get a really warm spell in September. Yeah. But ten days of it, that seems unusual. Yeah, it's rubbish. They're it's just, just sensationalism, isn't it? It is, and it is. Like it, you say, wanting people to click on it. It does make me wonder, and I, I sort of want to... I want to look into this, because... It's a definite thing. The British are renowned for constantly going on about the weather. Did yeah, you know that? I of course, yes. I wonder, I wonder first of all, if, if that's true. He says, after talking about the weather for the last five minutes. Yeah, I think it probably is true. 
So then the question is, why is it true? I don't know really. Is it because we're so... I really reference the weather apart from when it's boiling, boiling hot. Yeah. The rest of the time, I don't mind what it's doing, really. No. Thankfully, ladies and gentlemen, we're not here to talk about the weather. No. We're here for Kay to sell me on the movie trilogy of Die Hard. Oh, <laughs> get on, man. I wouldn't need to do that, would I? You love that. I do love it, yeah. In fact, there's but more I don't than need three. to sell you on it. No. Do you remember we bought the box set? Yeah. One, I think it was. I, I think Christmas inspired it. Yeah. And we bought the box set and watched all. I think we did. I think there's seven. Seven. There can't be, can there? Oh, I, I'm not interested. If things go past three, I think it's too many. The first three were very good, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Alan Rickman won definitely the best, but oh yeah, the, the one where Jeremy Irons plays his cousin or something or other. Oh, I don't know that, if you remember that one. That's quite cool. They clearly thought, oh yes, dodgy Europeans. We'll get another one of those in. But no, yeah. we're here to talk about Prime Prejudice. Yes. And this is momentous because you've done something for the first time. I have. So I'm a huge fan of the. 1995 BBC adaptation with Colin Firth as we've already said but I have never actually read the book or I hadn't actually read the book which is shameful really so I decided to rectify that before we came to talk to you about it amazing so that I can now that speak from a is preparation yeah yeah speak from a point of view of having read the book you know because that's where it all started so I have read the book I just thought it was fantastic the thing that struck me immediately was how similar the series is to the book and how close it is to the book I knew it would be because I've watched a making of that series and the I don't know if she was the producer or director, I forget which way around. But she did say that that was what they wanted. They wanted to produce a version of Pride and Prejudice that was as close to the book as possible. And I think they've absolutely achieved it. You know, the, when I was reading the book, I, I, I actually did a combination of things. I read it physically with my eyes <laughs> and <laughs> don't know to say this but I read it so, with my eyes <laughs> I read it with my eyes in an evening but then when I was out for my walk during the day I also listened to it so I sort of combined and what, what was it like listening to it fantastic who I, read it it was a woman called Rosamond Pike oh wow the, um, she's cool yeah she's cool there's different versions of this being read right and I decided to go with this one because Rosamond Pike is quite a famous actress. Yeah, very famous. On the whole, I thought she did an excellent job. Right. There was a couple of kind of voices that she did right. that didn't seem quite right for me. Right. In terms of the characters right. of them. Like Mrs. Bennett, her yeah. voice for me was a bit too gentle. Right. And Mr. Collins also. I mean, I, I thought it was good what she did. Yeah but I still think it wasn't quite Mr. Collins right. as it's portrayed in the book. But I am heavily influenced by the series, obviously, yeah. and the actors that play 
the characters in the series. But, you know, the book was just an absolute joy. It really was. And I thought, I think the reason I've never read it is because I thought I'd struggle with the way that it's written. Right. This book was written, or it was published in 1813. Gosh. So the language was very different back then. Yeah. And I just thought I'd kind of struggle reading it. Yeah. I didn't have a problem at all. That's amazing. My isn't brain it? kind of adjusted really quickly. Right. And I, I think I just read it like any other book. That shows you the quality of the writing. Yeah. 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 I mean, the quality of writing is just fantastic, and the characters are. You know, even though I'm, I'm, I've seen them on the screen. Yeah. They, they really do jump off the page. Right. Just full of personality. And there's loads of humour in it. Yeah. You know, it's funny. So w- um, what would you say are the things you enjoyed the most about reading, listening to the book? I think it was making myself realise that my love of it was a genuine love. Right. Because it is really close to the book. Yeah. It is the book. You know, that yeah. series with Colin Firth is the book. Because there's going to be lots of adaptations of books where you pick the book up and you can't do, you can't read it, I bet. Yeah, I'm uh, sure. And yeah. there is a more recent adaptation, a movie adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. Now, <laughs> I need to not be too harsh about this, but it's the one with Kira Knightley and is it Matthew McFadden? Yeah came out in 2005 and I know lots of people love it it's a film and historically I I started watching it I think when it came out and I turned it off after 10 minutes because it just did not feel right at all but for research purposes (laughs) I watched it all recently and my opinion hasn't changed I I don't know that there was a single thing right about it. Right. And I'm referring to the book when I say this because I watched it after I read the book. Yeah. And first of all, I think it's an impossible task to try and squeeze that book into a two-hour film. Yeah. So much of it was cut out and it was so rushed. Right. Um, it, oh gosh, it just felt like they were running through it. Yeah, yeah. You know, huge chunks yeah. were missed out. Characters were missing. Yeah. In that version, Mr. Bingley only had one sister, and he didn't. There was two in the book. And, think, you know, things like that. And the actors, in my opinion, yeah. <laughs> were all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> just completely, completely wrong. The sets, the the locations that they chose, just... The thing to do is to probably pick up on the series and talk about... I'm interested in why on earth is it so, like... So I guess what, what do you think is the reason why people love it? So I guess if you don't know the story, there might be people out there that have never seen it, never read it, and don't know anything about it. It's basically a story about a family, a family called the Bennetts. There's Mr. and Mrs. Bennett, and they've got five daughters. And quite a lot of the story revolves around the fact that they didn't have any sons. And uh, back then, your son inherited yeah. 
inherited your house, your wealth, everything when you yeah. passed on. Yeah. So in this instance, it was going to go to a, a cousin, a male, the first male cousin, and that plays quite a big storyline within it. But the, you know, and again, back then, really what a mother was interested in for her daughters was getting them married and getting them married well. Yeah. And if they did that, you know, she, they felt like they'd done, done their job as parents. Yeah. And it's the story, basically, of these five girls' lives yeah. and the loves that they come across and the dramas that happen because of that yeah. and the relationships. Yeah. So it, it's that, that, you know, in sort of like really shortened terms is what the book's about. Yeah. And obviously Mr Darcy plays a huge part. He's the love interest for Lizzie Bennet, who's the main character. The main characters are Elizabeth Bennet and Fitzwilliam Darcy. They're the two main characters. Okay. So that's the sort of crux of it. And as to why it's so amazing, I, I mean, I guess it's that old age thing of just being interested in other people's lives I guess and knowing all about first of all I mean you, you learn about how they lived back then which is completely different to how we live now yeah and that in itself is really interesting yeah but it's just the day-to-day -day dramas yeah. and the lives of these these characters that you you really get attached to yeah I, I mean, I, I was smiling as you're like talking about what the overall storyline is because you can see why it's really popular with the the predominantly ladies. Yeah, I would say because, so. Because you know, it's a story about five girls falling in love and yeah. and, and their mothers' yes. sort of passion to get them yes well married. <laughs> that, that is the crux of it. That's you, the reason yeah. why I I wasn't drawn to watch it. No, but there well, isn't so much more to it than that. Yeah. And especially this, the series, because it's cast so well, yeah. the acting is just absolutely superb. It's so funny. You know, I think anybody could get something out of it. Anybody yeah. would enjoy some aspect of it, you yeah. know. There are a lot of male characters in it. Yeah, yeah. It isn't, I would say, it's not female dominated at all because it's all about relationships. You know, there are a lot of male characters in there. Yeah. And, you know, the, the location shooting as well for the series was just perfection, I yeah. think. Yeah. You couldn't have chosen better locations for each of the houses. Yeah. Again, having read the book is. is how I'm making reference yeah. in that respect. Did you find that, you know, so you, you watch the miniseries and, and how many parts is the series? Um, gosh, I can't fully remember. Four, maybe five? Wow, so it's not that long. Oh, but each one is like two hours, I think. Wow. So it is long. That's insane. Yeah, it is long. Gosh, so that's like film length. Each, yeah. yeah, each part wow. is sort of film length, yeah. Gosh, I mean, they just don't make series no. like that anymore. No, they don't, and you know, it must have been expensive. 
well, to make, you know. It was the thing is though, what I find so interesting about it is, it's obviously made a long time ago. Yeah. And it's still hugely popular. Yeah, it, because because it's a period drama. They don't date. Yeah, that's true. Don't, they don't. They just don't date, do they? No. It could have been made yesterday. Yeah. What would you say? What I was I meant to ask you before was. So you've watched the miniseries, you've read the book. Uh-huh. What ad, what additional sort of value did reading the, 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 the book reading bring? Reading the book, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think as with anything, there's a lot more detail in the book. Right. And there's sort of more backstories and bits of information. Yeah. But the most amazing thing about reading the book was that the ending is slightly... Not different, right. but you get more information in the book. So the TV series ended with Lizzie and Jane, that's one of her sisters, having a double wedding. Right. So Jane marries Mr Bingley, Lizzie marries Mr Darcy. Yeah. And the last scene is Lizzie and Mr Darcy in the carriage, riding off after they got married, yeah. and they have a kiss, and that's where it ends. Oh. I know, it's lovely. But in the book, you then find out a bit more about what happens after they get married. Right. And that was brilliant. Right. It's not a lot of, you know, not a lot, but just enough to make you think, oh, yeah, they've they've gone off and they're having their lives. Like, you know, Lizzie's living at Pemberley, obviously, and Mr Darcy. Yeah. And um, Jane initially lives with Mr Bingley at Netherfield, which is near their family home. But then after a year, they move and he buys an estate 30 miles from Pemberley. So they end up really close to each other. One of their other sisters, Kitty, goes and stays with them a lot. And that um, really helps her mature as a character. So there's, there's like this extra bit at the end, and right. I was just so thrilled. Was that like, would oh be like gosh. super cool if I think about some of the things that I've loved over the years. Yeah. If suddenly I found this, I mean, what's so funny is that information has been there since 1813. Uh, exactly, yeah. It's like suddenly yeah. finding treasure. I know. What would you say are the classic scenes from the series? Yeah. Are they also in the book? Yes. Wow. And what are those Literally word for word. Amazing. You know, when I was listening, especially when I was listening to the book, you know, I'm walking as we are now and I'm listening to the book and I was watching it in my head. Yeah, yeah. I was watching the series in my head. Yeah. It's that good. Wow. What are some of the classic scenes, would you say? Classic scenes. Oh, the one that's not in the book, actually, the most classic scene, I guess, from the series is the one of Mr Darcy when he dives into the lake right. at Pemberley. Yeah. It's a really famous scene. That's not in the book and I didn't right. expect that to be in the book. But things like when Mr Darcy originally proposed to Lizzie, yeah. that's quite a big scene yeah. and I, you know, I remember it vividly. Yeah. And the, the, the dialogue is pretty much word for word. Right. The dance, there's right. a famous dance right. where Lizzie dances with Mr Darcy. She right. doesn't really want to because her initial reaction to Mr Darcy is that he's kind of stuck up and proud. Right. But she does dance with him and they have this dialogue and that's exactly the same. Right. And I could see them dancing in my yeah. head yeah. as I was listening to it. Scenes with her mum. Her mum 
In the TV series, her mum is played by Alison Stedman. Stedman. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. She's one of the best people in it, I would say. Would and you say she's as good in that as she is in Bob's Christmas? <laughs> yes, I'd say she's as good as Bob's Christmas. Alison Stedman plays the mayor. Yes, she does, yeah. In A Christmas to Remember. Bunty, Bob. my love. Yeah. <laughs> That's Noddy Holder. Yeah, Noddy Holder's in it. Um, she is. Bob's Christmas, not I Pride think, and Prejudice. I think she steals. She's not even on camera. She's no. obviously, you know, it's a the stop voice. motion yeah, model, yeah. but she yeah. just steals it. Yeah. She, she is. She's a fantastic actress. I absolutely love her. And yeah. she's amazing in this. And, you know, the costumes. Oh, that was the other thing about the Keira Knightley one. I just thought the costumes were terrible. Yeah. And it, you know, the Keira Knightley one portrayed the Bennett family as a bit kind of down at heel. Yeah. You know, their house was a grubby sort of farmhouse with yeah. pigs running about. And yeah. that is just not. And how's it portrayed in the book? Well, Mr. Bennett <clears throat> is described as a gentleman. Right. And gentlemen did not live with pigs running around. No virtually their houses no. you know their, their house is not massive yeah but they do have a bit of a little bit of land yeah he has an income yeah from um like tenant farmers yeah and you know there is dowries there for his daughters yeah so he's certainly not how he's certainly not donald sutherland as in that film yeah i don't feel anyway this is obviously all my opinion um, they strike you as more middle class than lower. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in the book, I would say they're more middle upper. I, I don't know quite how. Yeah. How to. So who are the social? Who are the standout characters in the series? Then would you say? In the series. Yeah. I mean, this is a tough one because obviously Jennifer Ely is fantastic. Yeah. But for me, it's the more peripheral, not yeah, even yeah. peripheral, but yeah. the lesser, yeah. lesser characters. Mr. Collins, David Bamber plays him. Yeah, he's great. He's just amazing. Oh, he's a brilliant actor. Funny and like a bit slimy yeah. and just makes your skin crawl. Yeah. Which is how the character was written. He played Cicero in a series called Rome, right. which we watched years ago. And uh, Cicero is exactly as you've just described, right. slightly slimy, makes right. your skin crawl. But also he was very clever with his words. So he, again, he was perfect casting for that. Yeah, but yeah. I have seen little bits of, you know, like being walking yeah. through the room and you've been watching and I've seen him with his big hat on. Yeah. And I do think that he looks like just perfect. Yeah. I mean, Colin Firth is, he is Mr. Darcy. Yeah. And it's funny because when I heard Sue Entwistle, that's her name, I think she was the producer, when I heard her talking about the series, they really wanted Colin Firth, but he, he, he said no. But they kind of, you know, kept going for him, kept going yeah. for him. Yeah. And eventually he said yes, yeah. because she knew, I think other people, when he, when he, what's it called, a test? screen test thing yeah other people didn't think he was right for it right because he didn't necessarily in his normal life he didn't necessarily have that look no but she just saw it in him yeah 
and knew that he would be right. Yeah. And she was absolutely spot on. Yeah, I mean, you could argue it's probably his number one role. Yeah, because I'd, I'd say so. I think For me, he's been, anyway. I think he's being cast in a lot of films after that yeah. because of that role. Yeah, he's got a magnetism about him in that role. Yeah. And you can just, you can completely understand yeah. why Lizzie fell for him in the end, you know, and you can also understand why she was not interested at the beginning. Yeah. Because he played that kind of pompous, yeah. rich fella really well. Yeah. But then, you know, you see his character develop and you see the person that he actually is under there. Who plays Mr. Barkley? Oh Who? no, Bingley. Mr. Bingley. Sorry. <laughs> Mr. Barkley. Uh, Mr. Bingley is. Uh, I got my banks mixed Chris, up. Is it Crispin? Oh, is it? Bonham Carter. Oh, hey, he's related to Helena Bonham Carter. He is, but distantly. Yeah. It's really distant. I looked it up actually. Yeah. And I actually looked him up, and he he doesn't act any longer. I oh. think he's head of a school somewhere. Oh wow. Yeah. Imagine that being him. Mr. Bingley being your head teacher, be super cool. And who does he marry at the end? He marries Jane, Jane Bennett. And Jane Bennett is the eldest, and she's the one that's the reputed beauty of the county. She's the one that's meant to be the most beautiful out of all of them. And Mrs. Bennett. Is she the blonde one? Yes. She was in oh, a, a, a TV series. Susanna Harker? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. She was in the English version of The House of Cards. Oh, right. Yeah, I she played saw that. the main character, well, w w w the female lead in that. She's right. a great actress too. She, she was brilliant. And I also read somewhere, I can't remember where, I've got a book that's the making of the series, and I think it was in that. She, she's got, or she did have at the time, really long blonde hair, it was all one length. Yeah. And rather than, than having to put a wig on her, yeah. She agreed to have her hair cut right. at the front right. because they kind of had these curls right. at the front of their hair and it, it meant the hair there was shorter. Right. Sort of like a long fringe, I guess, right. but right. then curled. Yeah. But she actually cut her hair so that they could use her own hair yeah. and didn't have to put a wig on her because Jennifer Ely, that was a wig. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Because she's actually quite fair. Right. And Lizzie Bennett's got this dark hair. Yeah. It's a brilliant wig, I've got to say. Yeah. It's really, it's really, really, looks really, really realistic. So why would I enjoy it then? I think you would enjoy it for the, the humour. Yeah. Um, how well it's acted. Yeah. The sets, the feel of it. Yeah. You do like period things. Yes. Um, the locations are brilliant. Yeah. You know, the houses that they use are amazing. Yeah. And it's a great story. I don't think... Clearly. We, yeah, the, fact, I, the fact that all these years later... I don't think it's... You know, I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily just a feminine appealing story. No. At all. And I would love to watch it with you because I think you would enjoy it. Yeah. And why then, you sort of touched on how the series got it right and the film got it wrong and, and yeah. we, we dove into the series before, you know, being able to then 
sort of compare it more directly, what was it? That, so let's take, for example, Mr. Who was the one David Bamber played? Mr. Collins. He's the cousin that's going to inherit the wow. property of Mr. Bennett. Gosh, so right. Mrs. Bennett wants one of her daughters to marry him. Right. So that then the property stays within the family. Yeah. And Mr. Collins actually proposes to Lizzie. Right. And she says no. Right. So her mum's in absolute uproar. Oh, no. Saying that she's never going to speak to her again. Yeah. And she goes to her husband and said, you've got to tell Lizzie to marry Mr. Collins. Yeah. And he's like, um, no. Because <laughs> um, he can see the sort of man that he is. Yeah. So he backs Lizzie. Yeah. So Mrs. Collins like runs off in tears. So who played Mr. Collins in the film? Do you know? Yes, it was the um, Tom Hollander. Oh no. Tom Hollander. He's he's the one I'm thinking of. He's yeah. Not a very tall actor. Is yeah, that the yeah, one? Yeah. Yeah. So. He's not I mean, slimy enough. No, not really. He, he didn't do a bad job in the film. I've right. got to say. Right. But. He, he wasn't, he wasn't Mr. Collins, the one that, that yeah. I, you know, I, I didn't, I thought they could have cast a, a different actor who might have been better, but yeah. he, he wasn't terrible and I do like Tom Hollander. I think he's a good actor. I don't think that's the right role for him. No. Though. Not, not when you consider most of the other types of roles that he plays. Yeah. So, and, and who played the mother in the film? Oh, gosh. Do you, don't, was, don't worry if you don't know. She is a famous actress, and she was actually not bad. Right. I've got to say. Well, that's good. She wasn't She wasn't bad at all. Yeah. Um, so... The, the problematic people in the yeah, film, yeah. for me, are unfortunately the two main characters of Keira Knightley and Matthew McFadden. Matthew McFadden just had no personality at all. Right. He played it very kind of straight-faced and sombre and moody. Right. Um, and like I said, didn't show, for me, didn't really show much character at all. There was absolutely no chemistry between them on screen. Uh, right. I, I, I couldn't pick up any chemistry. Yeah. Um, so they're the, the two most problematic problematic people. I think you struggle, you told me that you struggled with Donald Sutherland as well. Yeah, because, oh gosh, so Donald Sutherland, I love him, he's a great actor, but he talks with an American accent, and whilst he did a good job of putting on an English accent, his Americanism for me came through. Yeah. And it kind of... It'd be jarring. It bursts the bubble of the illusion that yeah, everybody... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That everybody, you know, all these people are English living in the English countryside. Yeah. And obviously, in your head, you know that that man's not talking that normally with an English accent. Yeah, yeah. Saying that, Jennifer Ely is actually an American. And she nailed the English accent. And she, yeah, but she does have an English mother. Yeah. So I think she probably grew up. I don't know what, I don't actually know what a normal speaking voice is. That would be interesting for me to look it up. We saw her in another TV show, uh, um, something to do with spies. Right. She was playing someone high up. I can't remember what it was. I mean, maybe because she's 
she had an she got an English mother and an American dad. Maybe she's very good, therefore, with the two different accents. But some people are good at accents, yeah, some people some, aren't. Some people are fantastic at accents, aren't they? Yeah. But I think for this, you know, you've got to get those accents right. Yes, I would say definitely. So, does it like, you know, so you've read Pride and Prejudice now. Do, do you like think, because you really like sens- sensibility too, I don't do. you? I do. Does it make you think, oh, maybe I'll listen to that? I think I probably will. Right. Yeah, I love the film Sense and Sensibility. I tell you what would be interesting. I think it would be a very interesting test because. I'm pretty sure I've seen Sense and Sensibility. It's another yeah, great cast with Alan Rickman and, and yes. Hugh Grant and yes, that's right. And Nanny McPhee. It, it would be <laughs> interesting because that one is a film length. Yeah, so it, it would be interesting to read the book and see whether there are chunks missing. Because there is and a how huge. How well that's been adapted. Given your enjoyment of Prime Prejudice and your ability to be able to read it yeah. and listen to it yeah. and understand it there's a chance that you're going to get a whole load more additional yeah. information. And I, I looked it up and I think Rosamund Pike reads Sense and Sensibility uh, as well. Wow. So that would be really good because I'm used to her voice now. And you know, so that would be good to get another book like that. So this is it now. This is the moment. Are you going to watch it? No, no, you oh. have to give me your final pitch. Oh my gosh, I'm not good at stuff this. Have I not been talking enough about it? Did you not get the impression? I did. I've got to say, I I mean, I've watched it. I can't think how many times. But I can still remember my first viewing of it. Oh, yes. And I can remember, you know, I was living in my first house at the time. I was, how old was I? I was 24 at the time I watched it. Yeah. So just about the age, a little bit older than the women in the book, you know, the main characters. We and like, I remember, yes. I just remember, I, I just bought this new sofa, right? And I was lying on this sofa thinking, oh, this is lovely, this sofa. And I was watching this series and it just, I was absolutely gripped and I thought, this is the most beautiful, amazing thing I've ever watched. The, I didn't mention, even mention the music. Well, look, you don't even need to mention the music because just that, that was a great final pitch. I'm definitely like, totally, you know. I'm super excited if you'll watch it with me. What you said there. I would love to watch it with you. What you said there makes me want to watch it more. Yeah, will you watch it with me? Oh, yay. It makes me want to watch it more, what you just said. I'm so excited about watching it with you because I watched it with Bryony a few years ago and yeah. she did watch it with me. Yeah. She can't really remember much about it now. No. But she did watch it with me and it, I think it's just fun watching something with someone that's never seen it. Yeah. You know, when it's something that you love. So I'll be able to say, oh, you know, this, this and this. And I think you will really enjoy it. I wonder if the success of Downton Abbey makes maybe watching yeah. something like Pride and Prejudice so. an easier leap because yes, maybe so you know those period pieces have become extremely popular haven't they with they have I don't think it's a difficult watch at all no don't be worried about the language or anything like that it's... there's no swearing in it is there <laughs> you know what I mean. oh sorry <laughs> no it's, it's 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 not difficult to understand and to watch well that was a great sales pitch and I sort of feel bad. I hope in a way that this ends up being another Sopranos. 
Oh, I doubt it. Not <laughs> from your point of view, I mean. Yeah, because Kay, for years, Kay, like, was... Oh, you must watch The Sopranos, yeah. you'll love it, you'll love it. And I'm like, I don't want to watch a yeah. TV programme about gangsters. Yeah. I'm not yeah. remotely interested in that. And we've now, <laughs> we've watched it through twice together. We have, we have. And, you know, it's probably one of our favourite yeah. all-time series of all time. Yeah. So I think we definitely need a follow-up to um, this. When you've watched it. When I've watched it yes. all, I'll be back to give you my full review. Yeah. How exciting. So folks, I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you so much for listening Thanks and we'll see everybody. you next time with another Bakery Bears see radio you show. Bye. Bye. The Bakery Bears radio show is brought to you by Bakery Bear Productions and is made possible by our Bakery Bear patrons. Find out how you can join our Bakery Bear community, access more of what we do and keep the show on air by visiting www.bakerybears.com forward slash listen forward slash.